Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's our special guest minister with today's message. Tonight I'm going to be speaking to you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 10. I'm actually giving you guys a preview of uh, what the Lord uh, has been speaking to me that uh, I actually wrote our, uh, our, our, our family, friends, and partner. Uh, every month I write a letter to them. And so July's letter that hasn't even been released yet <laughs> is going to be preached tonight. As I was meditating on this, I just thought we would go ahead and, and share this, uh, this thought, this principle with you. Um, one, as I was in prayer one day, just spending some time with the Lord, the, this thought came into my heart, how do you know that you're anointed? How do you know that you are anointed? And of course, in the moment, without real thought, just the, the, rea- uh, you know, the, the impulse reaction was you know you're anointed when you have power, right? The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So uh, that was my initial response. And then as I began to just meditate and the Lord began to speak to me, God began to show me some things that maybe uh, brought a little depth and a little bit of a paradigm shift. I wouldn't say uh, uh, changing my definition because what I thought and, and what I've been taught is right. But I thought it was cool that God was bringing a new thought to me about, and maybe, like I said, the depth of what it is to be anointed. And so tonight I want to share that with you and uh, hopefully bring some encouragement to you because how many of y'all know that you are anointed? Amen. You are anointed. I'm going to show you some things tonight because a lot of times we, we associate anointing with the, with the minister, the guy we saw on TV uh, and not making light of this because I believe in it, but you know, the guy that waved his hand and people fell out or whatever it may be, that there's, a, there's some type of an association or a thought that thinks, my goodness, that guy, that lady is anointed. But then we, we see ourselves somewhere back here, not that we completely discount or think I'm not anointed, but I'm not at that level, and then therefore I can't ch- bring change to my world because I'm not uh, at that level, but I want us to see some things tonight that you're 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 better off than you think you are. Amen. So Mark chapter ten, uh, and look at verse. I'm going to start in verse thirty-five. We're going to jump here in some of these verses between thirty-five and forty-five. Mark chapter ten, thirty-five says, "Then James and John, these are the brothers, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, Jesus, saying, Teacher." I love this. We want you to do something. I'm sorry. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. It's a pretty bold statement. Coming to Jesus and saying, we want you to do whatever we ask. It's bold. It's it's almost arrogant. There may be even a little bit of a a pride there that that is in this statement. But look at Jesus' response. And I love this about Jesus. In verse 36, it says, And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? 
And I want you to hear that because we're going to hear this, this question again here in just a few minutes. But Jesus asks these two brothers that come to Jesus, and if you know the story, they came to Jesus because they wanted to be seated at the right hand of God. I mean, they want, hey, I know you got 12 of us, but you know we're the top, right? We're the cream of the crop. You were your boys, and we want to make sure everybody knows that, and we're seated right next to you. And I know you know Jesus had to have known the, the, the intention, the reasoning, because the Bible talks about Jesus knowing people's thoughts. So you had to be, he had to be in somewhat of a, in connection here. But he says to them, what do you want me to do for you? I love that about Jesus. If we jump down to verse 42, I want us to see this. Jump down to verse 42. It says, but Jesus called to him after he kind of explains, they asked the question, we want to sit with you and all this. We come down to verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 43, yet it shall not be um, so among you. He's bringing a, a, a perspective change. He says, it will not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Wow, what a thought there that Jesus is bringing this mentality. I remember when I was a youth pastor, my first youth pastor position in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was praying one day. We had youth on Tuesday nights. It's getting ready for service. And as I was praying, the Lord said to me, Dustin, I've called you to greatness. Oh, glory, man. Chest goes out. Man, I'm, man, we're going places. We're doing things. God's called me to greatness. And then I was brought to this scripture, and all of a sudden I realized that God was basically telling me, Dustin, I've called you to greatness, or Dustin, I've called you to be a servant to all. So Jesus is bringing that mentality. He said, if you want to be great, um, uh, you shall be uh, those that desire to become great among you must be your servant. 44, and whoever, uh, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Verse 45, listen to this. For even the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The reason I brought this up tonight is because I want us to see that Jesus has given a perspective to the disciples of what it means to be great. And Jesus even includes himself, the Son of Man, said, I did not come to be served, which he rightfully could have demanded and expected, but said, I've come to serve and to give my life. This is huge. He's basically giving the gospel message. He said, I've come to give my life a ransom for many. So to understand this, let me take a step back. What is anointing? Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. Let's read that. I want to get the whole context of the verse. Isaiah chapter, chapter 10 in verse 20, uh, 27 says this, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, speaking of the enemy, Satan, his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing 
oil. So what do we know from this scripture? What is anointing? The simple answer of that is it is the yoke removing, I'm sorry, burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Which brings me back to my original statement when God asked me, what is the anointing? I said, well, it's when you have power. So there's, there's truth to that statement. It's not wrong. We don't throw it out. There is power that happens when there is an anointing. But what I want you to see here is simply this, that power is the result of the Holy Spirit coming upon you or the anointing oil, but it is not the purpose. The anointing coming on you, the Holy Spirit coming on you, the result of that is power. But it's not the purpose. What is purpose? The, the reason something was made or the, the reason for its genesis, the reason for its birth, there's a purpose for it. It's the reason that you're here because God has a purpose for your life. So the anointing, the result of the anointing on you produces power, but it's not the purpose. So we have to find out what is the purpose of the anointing? Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus, as you all know, he comes out of the, the desert. He comes out of the, a time of testing in the desert, speaking the word, finding victory over the enemy with the word of God. He comes and as his custom was, finds himself in the synagogue. That they, the Bible says they handed him the scroll. I love that. And he's found where it was written, what we know to be Isaiah chapter 61. I always think about that because we use these pages, flip through, it's real easy. I see Jesus, he's doing this, right? He's rolling this sucker out. He's trying to find Isaiah chapter 61. And it says this, he reads this, and he says, the spirit, and I love this because at the end he says, this verse has been fulfilled in your ears. So no longer is this Isaiah prophesying about what will come, but Jesus is saying, this is it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do. And I want to stop right there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for a reason. And then Jesus breaks this down, the purpose of the anointing. And I'm going to just give these bullet points to you so you can hear this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to, and here's the anointing's purpose, to prosper others, to heal others, to liberate others. To give others, to give to others. Remove the oppressions and the burdens of others. Restore, I wrote in my Bible, restore, reclaim, and reinstate previous rights that reveals ownership. The power of the anointing is others' focus. So the anointing upon you the result of that is power. But what, what's the power for? Why did God endue you, fill you with the power from on high? What is the purpose of that? And a lot of times because of the personalities that we see on TV, and I say this for the sake of the conversation jokingly, that if you don't glow or float, you must not be anointed. 
There has to be, you know, uh, my, my good buddy, he does this, you know, the, they start doing the chicken and the swan, you know, whoa, here it comes, you know. Ooh, he's anointed. And not that that, everybody responds differently. Hear my heart tonight. Everyone responds differently to the anointing. But what is that purpose? Why have you been given this resource, this power, this dynamite ability that powers the dunamis power of God? Why has that been entrusted to you, the result of the Holy Spirit coming upon you? Why? The purpose of the anointing is others focused. This is huge. This is powerful. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. But Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't go sit in the church somewhere and demand that people come so that they could observe his power. He was endued with power. The Bible says God anointed him and he did what? He went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. You go through the scriptures. Jesus said he looked into the, the crowd, the field, as sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. When you see someone that's unfortunate, you see someone that's hurting, you see someone that is going through a trial or a tribulation, that thing that rises inside of you is the anointing. It is the power of God that is looking on the, the effects of the enemy that's trying to bring someone's life down, and there's something inside of you that's saying, I have the ability, not in and of myself, of course, but that which is upon me to bring deliverance, healing, setting free the captive. There's something inside of me. That's why, as a believer, something happens to you and when you see other people, that's why there's a, there's a generosity to you. And I'm going to show you that tonight. There's a, there's a heart of compassion. There's a heart of giving. Why? Because anointing is others focused. The anointing is not to build a platform and a recognition of yourself. That is a, that, that is a, uh, uh, that, those are temptations of the enemy that sort circuits the anointing. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, if we continue down, I love this. Uh, it says the son of man, or to, re to reiterate this, back to our text, Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, the son of man, or the Christ, the anointed one, came to serve and to give life. That was his mission. John 10.10, 10, it, it says, and I believe it's the New Living Translation, Jesus said, my purpose the reason that I have come is to give you life, Amplified Bible says, to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. If he's anointed and he's the head and his purpose, his mission is to give and to serve and to bless the people, then as the body, our job is to follow suit. Amen. Nobody, you've never seen someone go, well, there goes Dustin's head. No, there goes Dustin, the head and the body. We go together. We're one in the same. 
And it's no different with this. The devil would like us to bring a division, to bring a separation, and try to think here's Jesus and his anointing and what he did on the earth. But then there's the body of Christ, and we're down here, and we're just trying to figure it out. And it's nothing more than a lie from the pit of hell. Because if he's anointed, you're anointed. And the sole purpose is so that you can bring change to the world in which you live in. So here's true indications of anointing. Number one, I love this. How do you know when somebody's anointed? Number one, thoughtfulness. Write it down. Think about it. True indications of anointing, number one, is thoughtfulness. And I'm going to bring you back to the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. What is it that you want me to do for you? In uh, Mark chapter 10, as you cruise down through this, the rest of this uh, chapter, we find the story of, of blind Bartimaeus. And he's sitting there and he hears that Jesus is coming by and he begins to shout. He begins to scream, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd and the disciples quiet down. He doesn't have time for you. He's busy. There's a great crowd. He's on a mission. He's going somewhere to happen. And yet blind Bartimaeus is not quickly deterred. He's not quickly discouraged. Yet again, he cries out, son of David, have mercy on me. And the cry that, he, he, that, that enters the ears of Jesus brings, the Bible says, Jesus to a standstill. He comes to a complete stop. He says, bring the man to me. They bring blind Bartimaeus over to Jesus. And in John, I'm sorry, Mark 10, 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, blind Bartimaeus, here it is again. What do you want me to do for you? First, we see John and, and James, and they're asking Jesus in this, I think, almost a, a, a arrogant, kind of a wrong questioning, you know, hey, we want you to do whatever we ask you to do for us. And Jesus says, what is it that you would have me do for you? Here's blind Bartimaeus. He's, he's yelling out. He's crying for, the, for Jesus to come and do something. And he asks, what do you want me to do for you? Here's Jesus, the the son of God, the one that came to bring deliverance and healing to all mankind. And yet there's a humility, there's a compassion, there's a servant mentality. What can I do for you? I think it's sad today. I've been teaching my kids the opening doors and holding the door. We'll be at the post office and you know, we're walking out. Hey, hold this door for this lady. Hold this door for this gentleman. Teach just simple thoughtfulness. It's amazing to me. I, I'm over, I'm, it's probably, it's my strength. That's also my weakness. I'm overly thoughtful at times. I'm overly anointed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm in the grocery store and I'm, I'm walking down and I'm looking at what I need and I'm an analyzer and overthinker. And so I'm like, do I want the, do I want the skinny buns for hamburgers? Do I want the big hamburgers? Do you want the wheat? Oh, what do I want? Sesame? You know, you're just, I'm going through the whole line, but I'm very conscious and aware of who's behind me and are they trying to go by and let me get out of your way. I'm just, I'm very aware of people around me. And yet it's amazing to me how you'll walk down an aisle and there'll be somebody standing there, they're shopping as if everybody's evaporated and they're the only one left on earth. 
You ever experienced somebody like that? If you haven't, you might be that person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never experienced Okay, well. But th- thoughtfulness is an indication of anointing. What can I do for you? Marriages, husbands and wives, that will bring strength to your union. What can I do for you, honey? How can I serve you, right? Your coworkers, your children. I mean, I, I, I had someone tell me, I say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am to my kids because I want them to hear me saying it, right? I want, to see, I want them to hear me showing them respect. And so it's like, oh, you shouldn't say that to kids. They're supposed to say it to you. And I'm like, I know, but I'm trying to lead by example. <laughs> But trying to get people to be thoughtful, listen to this, distractions or the devil will try to distract you with self-focus. Your issues, your problems, your situations, if the devil can get you to internalize, think about this. If I'm not asking you, what can I do for you? Then the question is, yeah, but what about me? What, What about me? Can you see the instant When you understand anointing, need for self, and I may be jumping ahead a little bit, need for self is eliminated. When you know you're anointed, I don't have to worry about me because I know I'm taken care of. Psalms 23, 5 says, the Lord anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Everything that is needed, I'm, st- I'm jumping ahead, that's point number three, but everything about me is taken care of. So what's the thing the devil tries to get everybody to do? To think about me, self. When you're self-aware and concerned about you, what if Jesus would have done that? What if he would have, the disciples came to, Jesus, is there anything I want you to do for me? And Jesus said, do for you, what about for me? Go get me some fish and bread or something. Do something. You know, I mean, what if he was more inward focused and outward focused? But that's what I love about Jesus. When there was a right to demand, he never did. It was always, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? These are true indications of anointing. I think we've allowed religion and things to paint a picture of this is what it means to be anointed. And yet, in reality, to kingdom principles, anointing is best seen in humility and thoughtfulness. When we hold the door, when we come early and turn on the lights, when we work with the kids, when we play in the band, whatever it is that we do, For the kingdom of God, it is an outward expression of the anointing. I'm serving. Why? Because I've been called to greatness. Because I'm anointed. Which brings us back to the question, what can I do for you? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I love this scripture, Amplified Bible. It's... Scripture I use for a lot of my points, but the Bible says, looking away from all that distracts unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. I lived in New Braunfels, Texas. We were talking about that earlier for many years. I used to listen to, um, there was a radio station, AM station on there and had preaching all the time. So I would listen to that because I had a 1980 Toyota pickup truck with a cassette player in it. (laughs) 
So I didn't have many options. So that's where I got my preaching from after I burned out my, my cassette tapes. And uh, this one preacher, I'll never forget. That's what I love about preaching. Things of God, things that are birthed from the, uh, from the spirit realm have permanency to them. And this, this minister said, he said, the devil cannot defeat you, but he will try to distract you. And I've never forgot it. You are undefeatable because you're a son and child of the most high God. And yet the only way the devil can get the anointing that is on you by the Holy Spirit to be diminished or to be decreased is to get you distracted on something that the anointing has already taken care of. Woo, that's good preaching right there. That came out of the Spirit. (laughs) Your need, my God, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but my God supplies all of my needs. Your physical ailment that the doctor's telling you don't look good, by his stripes I am healed. Everything that you're standing believing God for, it's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God, not over here in a box that you go in and grab a little bit when you, a little dabble, do you? It is resting upon you. It's in you for you, it's on you for others. Number two. Indications of anointing, number one is thoughtfulness. Number two, I love this, is unity. Matthew chapter 12, I'm going to read this. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25, I hope I got this right. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation or destruction. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. House divided cannot stand. Discord and unforgiveness dismantles and hinders the anointing. I like to say this way. Where there's unity, there will be productivity. The anointing, if you will, if you think of electricity, the ability for the current to be released, the power that that you've been endued with, that you've been given, for it to have the 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 220 pop, if you will, the charge, the release that is needed to turn on the lights, to to run the the instrument that you're plugging into the wall to is unity. You get the wires crossed or something, it pops the breaker, things don't go right. I have no idea what I'm, I'm not an electrician, but I sound good, right? Those that do are like, you're halfway there. You're doing all right. My pastor friend, uh, uh, Pastor Jason Yarbrough up in El Dorado, Arkansas is a master electrician. <laughs> he sends you pictures of like the electrical box that are done properly. He's like, look at that, isn't that beautiful? I don't know what I'm looking at, but if you say so, right? But you get the illustration, you get the idea. Discord, unforgiveness, hinders, delays, and stops the anointing. It ought to be our first thing if we understand the value of the anointing, if we actually do see people as valuable, others as important There ought to be something that is a safeguard that I will do anything and everything that I can to make sure that I stay in unity, harmony, and in love. Why? I don't want anything short-circuiting the anointing in my life. It's not that the anointing isn't present. It's not that it's not there, but it's 
unable to be released. It's unable to have its power, its ability, because of the unforgiveness, because of the discord, the unforgiveness in this situation. That's why Jesus said we're to love our enemies, forgive those who despitefully use you and persecute you. That's why 1 Corinthians 13, 5 through 8 uh, in the Amplified Bible says, you know, love endures long and is patient and kind. You go back to understanding the gravity of what love is. It is the foundation that the anointing rests upon. It's our greatest endeavor. The Bible tells us that uh, your faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. That without, uh, uh, that, um, I had a scripture, I lost it, but um, Hebrews, or uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 8 says that love never fails. Amplified Bible says it never fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. It is the, the energizer of the anointing. The Bible says, uh, is it, uh, what is that, uh, 13, 13? That, that these, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. When we understand, here's what I want you to see tonight. As a believer, you're called to the Great Commission, Mark chapter 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not just for preachers, it's wherever you're living, you're called to do the Great Commission. And what I want you to see tonight is that that great commission requires an endowment of power. It requires an anointing to get it accomplished. I don't know about you, but I feel that the anointing is needed just to do my life. Everyday life. Kids, come on somebody, wake it up, cook and clean and doing life. It requires help. And that's who, the, that's who the Holy Ghost is that brings that anointing. He's our comfort, our strengthener, our standby, our ever-present help in time of need. He's the one that enables you to get the job done. Jesus said, in and of myself, I can do nothing. He was dependent upon the power and the agency of the Spirit of God on his life. And what I wanted us to see is if we're going to be effective for the kingdom of God... A lot of times we get this mentality, I'm anointed, if there's sparks and if there's, you know, ripples and people, whoa, I got, whoa, I got goosebumps, that's my anointing, wow, <laughs> watch out. And yet sometimes it's so simple, opening a door. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, uh, uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but only that which brings edification, building, strengthening, releasing of grace to the hearer. Speaking a kind word to somebody at the right moment, at the right time, when you can tell they're heavy-hearted, they're distraught, that's anointing. You're gonna make it. It's gonna be okay. Don't give up. We need you. All these kind of things. What is that? That's anointing. I was talking uh, to a friend of mine, going, uh, I was going through some things and I was sharing my heart and he said, Dustin, the problem with, uh, with people is you think they're thinking about you, but they got issues and most of the time people are thinking about themselves. I don't want everybody to know what I'm going through. He's like, people just, they're not thinking about you. Come on, we're thinking about us. 
You wake up in the morning thinking about you, how much money you owe, what you need to pay the bills, what you wish you had, got to get the boat, want to get the new car, wish I had that. Wish you... You're thinking about your world, what they said to you. Come on, somebody. And what the anointing is asking you to do, I've given you power. That's the result. What's the purpose? To get your mind off of you. Why? Because the anointing eradicates Everything that you would need, it's taken care of in that moment now because that's taken care of. I've got eyes for others. I love when Jesus is sitting there and he's preaching to the 5,000 in John chapter 6. He goes, man, the people are hungry and I don't want to send them away because they'll, they'll faint because they're weary. Let's give them something to eat. That's anointing that thinks ahead for people. I know you're coming, so what do you, I invite you over to my house. I'm making this super simple, but I'm just trying to, I, I want to just get this into you. I'm inviting you over to my house. What do you like to drink? What do you want to eat? What makes you comfortable? I'm, I'm privy to this. I travel a lot. You want to see people out of the anointing? Go to the airport. <laughs> like, just, just. <laughs> this, this comedian, I love, his name's Brian Regan. He said, beware of the me monster, you know. It's the guy that's sitting there, uh, enough about me. What do you think about me, you know? It's just like, no matter what you say, that they can always outdo you. You're like, oh, man, I built a fence. Oh, that's nothing. I walked on the moon. He does this whole thing. It's a, always one-upping you, right? But it's that whole mentality. You go in, and it's like, man, I don't care if you're on fire. I just want to make sure I get on the plane, and you're not putting my bag underneath. I'm taking it on the plane. I don't care if you have to pull someone else's bag off the plane. It's about me. And yet, and it, it wars against you because what? What is it? Convenience. We just want simple convenience. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be hassled. I don't want to be inconvenienced. And yet the whole thing is, if you can just take, the scriptures I read to you tonight, everything about that was inconvenient, a hassle, and a problem for Jesus. And yet he said, hey, yeah, man, come on, talk to me. What can I do for you? How can I, how can I serve you? That is the greatest expression of the anointing. His thoughtfulness, unity. And last but not least, I've already kind of given this to you, but Giving. I don't like the word generosity, and I can't tell you why. Something about it doesn't sit well with me with biblical thinkings, but that's Dustin. <laughs> but I was going to put generosity down, but I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's giving. But listen to this, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. I'm done right here, wrapping this up. This was fun. Hope you all enjoyed it tonight. Nothing else gave you some food for thought. Where's Philippians? <laughs> Philippians... Y'all know the verse, Philippians chapter four, verse 19. Listen to this. And my God shall supply all. I circled all. It's the biggest word in the Bible, right? Supply all your need according to his riches. Not your bank account. Think about this. Not what's currently happening in the United States. It doesn't matter the gas prices. It doesn't matter about the ups and downs of the economy. I was watching, I got a couple of stocks. I'm not a stock guy, but I'm, I'm dabbling. And I'm watching my stock like, wee, I can almost hear it. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, like I'm trading, fine. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Just leave it alone. Uh, but it doesn't matter what. My God supplies all of your needs according to his riches in glory. How? Watch this. By Christ Jesus. Or you could read it this way. By the anointing of the anointed one. Your need is supplied. Everything that is needed for your life, everything is needed and supplied by the anointing of the anointed one. All need is met, covered, and supplied in the anointing. Greed and self-care and awareness brings the anointing to a dead end with no outlet. So what's the devil want you to do? How does he put your, the anointing that no longer can help somebody else come to a dead end with no outlet? How does he do it? Get you to start worrying about you. What about me? Oh, gosh. I got and most of the things that we worry about, if we're just honest, are trivial. They just are. I was in, um, I was in Lake Charles preaching. I don't know if I shared this last time I was preaching here, but I was in Lake Charles preaching. And the pastor picks me up and goes, hey, let's, do you mind if I take you? And we're buddies. We don't, this isn't like, can we go vacuum out my truck? I'm like, dude, let's go. We're rapping. We're having a blast laughing. We get to the car wash. Did I tell you guys this when I was here? Okay. So we get out of the truck. He's handing me the hose. I'm handing him the hose. We're laughing, talking. I get to, it's a quad cab. I get to the back. I pull out my carry-on, set it to the side. We wrap, you know, vacuuming out, moving his kid's seats. Yeah, all right. Shut the back door. Yeah, all right. We can back up. Away we go. We go to lunch. Man, we're having a good time. We're here to preach, man. How you doing, man? And we're driving down the road. He goes, he looks back and he goes, dude, where's your... Where's your suitcase? I hate losing things. I, I know you guys, I, I like, my whole childhood, I would go into a, a store and drop my wallet, pick up the G.I. Joe, go to mom and dad, where's your wallet? Oh, yeah, and you know, it's like, ah, I just, I hate it, I hate it. So he's, where's your suitcase? I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. And so we go back to the vacuum place, the car wash vacuum place, and of course, everybody's like, you had a suitcase? Wait, you were here at this location? You know, you're just like, dude, I was here. We go into the room, pull up the cameras. Sure enough, there it is. Dustin gets out, pulls his bag out, sets it to the side. We get in, we drive off, just left it there. And the guy next to us, man, he was so awesome, so kind, so thoughtful. He thought he'd put it in his car and try to find us. <laughs> I don't know. He left. He took my suitcase. And, uh, you know, I had just bought a new pair of boots, and they were in there. And bottom line is, nothing in that bag is irreplaceable. I had my Bible in my other case, so everything's okay. <laughs> That's, if I lost this, I'd be upset. Um, nothing's irreplaceable. And I think what I want you, I said that just to get you to this. Nothing... Most of the time that the devil's trying to get your eyes onto is really that big of a deal. It stinks. It's an inconvenience. But at the end of the day, there's an anointing on you that never, uh, I like to say it this way, when you understand the anointing on you, it's the ability to give out without running out. Constantly full, constantly ready for somebody else. So I just encourage you tonight, think about that. Am I anointed? How do you know you're anointed? 
well, I'm thoughtful or I try to be. I keep unity with those around me and I love to give. Not just finances, my time, my words. Those are three small indications that are telltale signs that you're operating in an anointing that God set upon you. Why? Because you're desiring to bring change to somebody else and that's the whole kit and caboodle. How can I serve you? How can I help you today? Last story and we're done. 745, that's not bad. I know Brother Hay- uh, Pastor Hayden goes way longer. I see. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is customer service. Anybody? <laughs> if you go into a store, like uh, I went into this hotel and I came downstairs and I was like, hey, do you guys have a hair dryer? Yeah, I got there's got one in your room? And I was like, whoa, pump the brakes. I was like, yeah, I looked in the closet behind the door under the sink. I looked, I didn't see it. I manned it up because when I got back up to my room, it was there. But the point is, <laughs> I asked for a hair dryer. Absolutely, sir. You need one, two? What do you need, buddy? Here, I'll, here, let me. And so many times you go into these stores today and I'm just like, where's the, where's the love? Where's the customer service? I came in your store, your gas. I could have went anywhere. I came here and now you acting like it's a bother to me, to you. And all I'm saying is this, is that we live our lives sometimes that way. That people come into our lives and it's like, ah, Dude, you're a bother to me. And I look at Jesus and it challenges me personally how he responded to his disciples. Had responded to someone that was yelling at him. He wasn't aggravated. He wasn't put off. Hey, man, sounds like you're struggling today. Can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? It's like, the world in which we live in today, that's a non I feel like a non-existing thing. Why? Because everybody's dog-eat-dog world, man. I'm going to get mine, and you better not have milk bone underwear on because you're getting bit. You know what I mean? Just, anybody get that? Okay. <laughs> Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the Word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.